I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. Guess what? What? This is our 100th episode. 100 episodes. Woo! Yes. I cannot believe it. We did it. We did it. I've never done a hundred of anything in my whole life. No. Push-ups, (laughs) sit-ups. And guess what? We got a super special episode planned just for you, our lovely listeners who have stuck with us for four times 25 episodes. Do that. Do that math in your head. I bet you can. Absolutely not. You know that I tried to do 800 divided by 16 in the shower the other day and I stopped trying (laughs) 800 divided by 16 is 25. (laughs) (laughs) All right, great. So anyway, of course, we're going to kick things off, as always, with Worst Things First, where I shout about the worst news of the week. And this week, we're highlighting centenarian criminals, criminals over 100 years old. Not really, but can you imagine? Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) Remember that old lady who didn't have any crimes committed, and so she called the police just so she could get arrested and know what it feels like? White excellence. (laughs) (laughs) And after that, on today's episode, we're going to dive deep into ourselves, because it's been two and a half years since our first episode of Unhappy Hour premiered on July 7th, 2017, how innocent we were. So we're going to take a look back at some of our favorite Unhappy Hour memories, like a classic 100-episode best-of clip show with all of our thoughts. Feelings. Memories. Laughs. Orgasms. So many. (laughs) And we'll talk about what we want to do in 2020, New Year's resolution style. And finally, we're calling up two guest complainers this week. Some may say two of the biggest influencers in Barry's in my lives. We're calling my mom, Debbie, and Barry's dad, Leon. What? <laughs> we're letting them have their moments. And then we're, we're sending them into the heavy side layer. <laughs> Cats reference. We'll oh, get yes. to that. Don't we'll worry, everyone. That. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's do 100 push-ups and start the show. All right, worst things first. Let's get into the worst news of this week, the first week of 2020, which is a fake year, and I refuse to believe we're actually in it. So we only have time for a few stories this week, and a bunch of people have been sending stories since we've had a couple weeks off. So I wanted to use the stories that people have sent us. And there's one story that I've been tagged in and sent a bunch of times, but I'm here to break some hearts and do what we got to do, an unhappy hour fact check because the story in question is a florida story obviously a florida couple allegedly got arrested for selling golden tickets to heaven did you see this i did yeah and i respected 
But guess what? Fake! It was fake. The story has been floating around since like 2015. PolitiFact did a fact check on it and reported it false. Basically, the story, if you saw it, claims that these two residents of Jacksonville, Florida, only in fake Florida, were selling wooden slabs spray-painted with gold paint for $99.99, claiming they were solid gold tickets that reserved the purchaser a spot in heaven. It sounds like a solid plan to me. (laughs) Sign me up. It does sound like a solid plan. It does sound like something that would legitimately happen in Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, The original story claimed that the couple was arrested and that police confiscated $10,000 in cash, five crack pipes, and a baby alligator. (laughs) There's just some things where it's like, all right, (laughs) there are too many Florida boxes being checked here and uh, your suspicion meter needs to uh, go off. And that's why we're here. Uh, Even though I'm pretty sure we might have reported this in the past. Oh, probably. (laughs) Since um, I have no journalistic standards, despite my degree. Two degrees, right here. Anyway, the story appears to have originated on a site called Stupid, which is stupid with two Ps. Love it. (laughs) And then everybody believed it and then tagged me in it. So sometimes something is just too good to be true. And you should know before you tag me in anything, if you don't verify it within an inch of your life, I'll I'll come to your house. I'll murder you because I will not be embarrassed on this show. I'll not be embarrassed by my listeners sending me false stories and expecting me to report them as if they were truth. Do you think I'm out here stealing stories from illegitimate news sources? No, I steal stories from the AP (laughs) and from USA Today and uh, other outlets of repute. So now you know. Be suspicious. In 2020, we're not being misled. We're seeing clearly. That's a 2020 vision joke. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Barbara wow. Walters in this shit. Yep. Next. This was another story sent in. A church leader and university professor in Missouri was charged with patronizing prostitution after allegedly trying to solicit his male students on Grinder. With Arby's gift cards. That's how you get them. Yeah, they have the meats. Yeah. Their slogan is literally Arby's, we have the meats, dot, 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 for sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) Because they knew. I think they recently added the dot, 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 for sandwiches. It originally was, we have the meats. But they're pivoting to sandwiches. <laughs> well, guess what? This professor was trying to pivot to some dick. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I do want to see the messages, though. Because, like, yeah. All right. Some some creepy, like, church leader slash professor is trying to solicit with Arby's. But also, if someone offers me a big beef and cheddar, they're getting it. Boom. And, and by it, I mean this body. Your beef and cheddar. <laughs> yeah. It's a give and take of beef and cheddar. I can't imagine a less appetizing menu (laughs) to try to entice someone with. To be fair, the uh, uh, logo, I think, is the most sensual. Definitely. It's just a straight up anonymous hand. It is? It's not a hat? It's a hat. What? (laughs) I absolutely thought Arby's is a giant Arby's is a hat. No. That's a hat. It's a hat. It's it's a, no, it's a hand. It's a sensual hand. No, it's clearly a hat. I just looked it up. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm confusing the Arby's hat with the hamburger helper hand. Oh, yes. That's what I would offer on Grinder. You should write some fanfic. You want, uh, between that hat and that hand. <laughs> and this professor. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so an investigation started when Truman State University police received a tip that uh, the professor had been harassing male students on Grinder and offering to pay for items for sexual favors. Um, the Kirksville Daily Express reported that a police officer set up a Grinder profile posing as an 18-year-old student. And then they messaged the professor whose profile name was Dill. People aren't even trying anymore. How do you go from a, a profile named Dilf to the ingenuity of offering Arby's gift cards? That doesn't even make sense. No. If you wrote that in a character, people wouldn't believe you. So the professor church guy said that he was interested in establishing a sugar daddy relationship. I mean, yeah, let's be real. If if I'm looking for a sugar daddy, it's I'm looking for someone who's going to buy me Arby's sandwiches. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Do you think people are out here asking for jewelry? No. New cars? Plane tickets? No. I want a fucking fish and cheddar sandwich (laughs) on thick-ass Texas bread. On December 3rd, um, the professor allegedly arranged to meet up with the teen-slash-police-officer at a gas station to refuel his car in exchange for sex, saying that he, quote, might throw in an Arby's card, LOL. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) That was where the headline, Arby's, came in. What an amazing pickup line. Absolutely. Might throw in an Arby's card. That type of tantalizing, the might, that's really what does it. It's a suspense. You know what? You should probably start carrying around Arby's gift cards. Maybe I might have much more success in my love life. Absolutely. Anyway, the man has been suspended from his teaching job and has been removed from the website of the Kirksville Church of Christ, whose Facebook page had reportedly condemned homosexuality in at least two different posts, obviously. Oh, or you think uh, you think an accepting church <laughs> would produce a man offering Arby's gift card for teen sex? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm not even sure what I meant by that, but I said it, and I stand by it. And finally, this was another big story that was sent by a few people. A house in Essex in the UK was set on fire on Christmas Day. The culprit? An angry 45-year-old British tortoise named Victor. (laughs) Yes, I believe we tweeted about Victor. We did. I defined his name because this is one of those stories that like originates because the like firefighters posted about it on Facebook. By the way, it, you may it may trickle down to you through this podcast or through like reports on the Associated Press. All news comes from police Facebook pages <laughs> and them trying to be jokey and be like, oh, we a, a tortoise set a house on fire. And then I talk about it. That's how it works. That's how the world works. Guess what? That's the media conspiracy. (laughs) That's journalism. That's what my degree was for. (laughs) Anyway, here's the full story. According to this police report, uh, Victor, who's a 45-year-old British tortoise, was home alone on Christmas when he knocked over a heat lamp. Yeah. Um, Where are Victor's parents? That's what I want to know. Where's his family? Victor just has to wake up twice. Because first he opens his eyes and then he sticks his head out of his hole. (laughs) Both times he has to do it alone. 
Unacceptable. On, on Christmas? So he woke up, pissed as fuck because he was by himself, knocked over a heat lamp, and set his bed on fire. Oh, my God. And that is how it's, it said, set his bedding on fire. And I love the fact that a tortoise has bedding. Of course. I had a turtle, a wet turtle, not to be confused with a tortoise, which is a dry turtle. This has been Science with Man. As you'll recall, Corn Pop did, he, Romeo and Juliet did himself because he knew we were going to give him away the next day. Um, That's not what happened to Victor. No. Well, who knows who what knows? Victor's motivations it may have were. Been, yeah. Luckily, a neighbor heard a smoke alarm, called the authorities, and a firefighters came. They found that the house was on fire, and Victor's ashy ass was inside. They pulled him out. He had soot all over him. I guess so. Victor's lucky he's alive. And that's what the authorities said. They said, this tortoise has had a very lucky Christmas day. He's 45 years young. I feels like you don't have to be doing that for a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> and will now hopefully continue to live a long and happy life thanks to working smoke alarms. All right, give it up, firemen. You don't have to plug smoke alarms every chance you get. They're a pro smoke alarm lobby up in here. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we're diving titty first into memory lane. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Ah, Barry. It all started two and a half years ago, July 7th, 2017. That was the first episode of Unhappy Hour. And now, a hundred episodes later, we've had some highs. We've had some some, some highs, am I right? Oh. <laughs> we've had some lows. Um, not really. I think most episodes have been flawless. Absolutely. Perfect, I would say. Uh, Every fact checked. Yeah, I don't think we've ever ever gotten anything wrong nope. I don't think I've ever insulted anybody to their face uh, no we've done almost everything wrong but somehow a hundred episodes later we're still here so we're gonna go through some of our favorite memories starting all the way back with our first episode do you remember our first guest? Of course I do. Are you kidding me? We were in LA and we got to go to Angela Kinsey's house. Yeah. Angela Kinsey Famously known as Angela on The Office. And I remember we were specifically instructed to bring donuts or else we would not be allowed in. Which, like, I highly respect. <laughs> <laughs> I hope one day to hold that kind of power. Right. Also, very importantly, with Angela, um, her husband was home and he's one of the hottest people I've ever seen. It was remarkable how beautiful he was <laughs> and he was so near us. And yes, we did talk about that. And she did make she did call him over. And, and and make me say it in front of him. Yep. Yeah. Here's a clip of that moment. What is the worst thing about being married to a hunk who, uh, who is here? Babe, did you hear that? <laughs> I waited until he, he came in just to objectify him. You probably didn't hear it. <laughs> Have I been invited back? No. Not once. <laughs> but to be fair, maybe we just didn't get the right donuts. Our fault. Our fault. Let's see. Next. What episode was Snooky? Ah, oh, yes, we had Snooky on. Yeah. It, it's Snooty is dead, long live Snooky, because <laughs> Snooty the manatee had recently died. Oh, yeah. We should say that 
Most of our episode titles are pretty horrible. <laughs> I love them all equally. <laughs> Snooty is dead, long live Snooky is one of the better ones. Oh, all right. Well, that was our fourth episode, and most of our titles were downhill from there. Mostly because you text me at like 6 p.m. the day before the episode comes out. Yep. Um, when you're submitting the episode to... Um, to Mr. iTunes. Yep. I don't know how anything works. It's fine. <laughs> and you say, what do you want to title it? And usually it's because it's 6 p.m. I'm in bed. Uh, right. That's, my nap time is between 2 p.m. and 8 p.m. Oh, my God. And, and then, then... We, someone shits out something. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what comes out on your feeds on Tuesday. You see it how the sausage is made, ladies and gentlemen. Fun behind the scenes fact, she did low-key sexually harass me. <laughs> that absolutely happened. <laughs> Um, yeah, because we had Snooki and her her podcast co-host her in her like IRL BFF. Joey. Joey. And Snooki repeatedly was like, you guys should have babies together. I, like have my children. Yeah. <laughs> like, or she said like she would be our surrogate or something. I think. And I think she maybe said we'll do it by all having sex at the same time. <laughs> I think that's where the... <laughs> <laughs> where the uncomfortable aspect came in. Yeah. Um, I do think it was some, you know, some nice behind the scenes uh, facts about me is that I am pretty vulgar on stage and in the pod, but most people who know me know that I'm actually like, I'm pretty reserved. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say mellow. <laughs> Um, you know, when the microphone is on, when I'm on stage, that side of me takes over. But yeah, I when I and Snooky just went for it. And I would say, yeah, reserved Matt was was a guest. Some other notable guests early on. Uh, we had Christy Carlson Romano on the pod. <sighs> yes. We went to her house, um, <laughs> a.k.a. Ren. From even Stevens. Yeah. My favorite thing about the Christy Carlson Romano interview is that it was at her house. Afterwards, we asked to take a picture together and she was holding her like freshly born baby. And it looks like the most like Stepford wife, like her and it was like literally her and I posing for like a family photo. And everybody on Instagram was like, did you have a baby? <laughs> That should have been your Christmas card. Because also, I have a very round, baby-like face. And so, most babies look like me. Mm -hmm. So, if I pose with any baby, you're going to think it's mine. Of course. Right. And the truth is, it is. Snooki and I gave birth to it. (laughs) (laughs) Who else? Who else were some of our fave guests? I mean, Nicole Byer. Yes. Obviously. It was it was right before her Netflix special came out where she told the Delta Poop story like for that show. So we heard it on the pod and boy, was it unsettling. I want to talk to you about something that happened to you yeah. like a year or so ago. Sure. And it has haunted me every every day since I, I saw it. Uh-huh. Um, you were on a Delta Airlines, a Delta Airlines flight. flight. And I found shit in my blanket. <laughs> I would have named my entire special Fuck You, Shit Blanket Delta. <laughs> Who else? We, we've had Olympians on the pod? Truly, we have. Athletes. Oh, oh! you thought this wasn't a sports podcast? Guess what? It It is. All sports all the time. One time we had Adam Rippon on the podcast. Ever, ever heard of him? From the Olympics even? Some fun behind the scenes on that one is that Adam brought his very attractive boyfriend, 
who he still posts about on Instagram. He so sure I does. feel fine mentioning it. He's very nice. Who I thought, because I thought I'd read this, that he was also an Olympian. So I was like, yeah, I was trying to relate to him by talking about like athlete stuff. He's a real estate guy. <laughs> yeah, for and then sure. I was like, wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> I sell houses. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I thought you were like a Finnish snowboarder. You know who else was hot? Christy Carlson Romano's <laughs> husband. Yeah, because she has like a Hallmark movie husband. Yeah. Speaking of hot partners, my hottest partner, Miss Trixie Mattel. We had her on right after she won. I think, was it the first interview she did after she won All Star? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but it was a great one. We went to her hotel room. Yeah. The only reason that that interview happened is because I tweeted something about how Trixie was getting too many awards. And Trixie replied and was like, well, why don't you have me on your podcast and you can bitch about it? And boom, here we here we were. And yeah. Hours later, we were in a hotel room in, Man- in Manhattan, in New York City. Ever heard of her? And she told us this very important information about RuPaul and how to take her down. So RuPaul has horcruxes that keep him alive forever. Right. And, but so he's, but put he's part a good of his person. soul yes. into so you. He, yes, he gives us part of his soul. So now, like, if you killed me, Chad, Alaska every other winter, RuPaul would eventually die. We had one of my least favorite moments, but in retrospect, favorite moments, because I'm embracing my flaws. You know what? This podcast is about what? Growth. So I interviewed Allison Williams and Logan Browning for their movie, The Perfection. I remember during that episode, I prefaced the segment with their interview by saying, I embarrassed myself during this interview. And there were people who messaged me after being like, I did not catch the moment that you embarrassed yourself, which is an interesting thought experiment Hmm. on what actually is notable to other people. But also I did fully insult Logan Browning. And here's that (laughs) moment. Um, Okay. The fact that I have not been a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race and you have, that came out so (laughs) wrong. I was like, as I said, do I hit him? (laughs) I was processing this in my head. I was trying to connect it to (laughs) you, and so just so we can both complain about the fact that I'm not. I'm just gonna. We can, we can, we can, we can. Let's both complain about it. You deserve it. I I remember (laughs) the thought that I had going into asking that question because we wrote questions that were like, here's stuff that we can like playfully complain about. Yeah. I.e. the point of this entire show. And I phrased the question as like, isn't it crazy that I have never been on Drag Race? And then in my head, I was trying to connect it to the fact that she had been on Drag Race. Mm -hmm. So the way it came out was, well, the fact that I haven't been on, but you have... And uh, that's why you're on her hit list. <laughs> I She was like the nicest person, though. And uh, even afterwards, because we all took a picture together. Mm-hmm. And um, she blotted your face. Yeah, she was blotting my face. Angel. Uh, so that I looked amazing. I mean, still my favorite episode of uh, Unhappy Hour ever. This is a controversial opinion. <laughs> was the episode with Joe Firestone. I fucking love the episode with Joe Firestone so much. And I love nothing more than people who find Unhappy Hour now and go back and listen to all of the episodes and then tweet at us when they get to the Joe Firestone episode. Because she is so, just so weird in the best way also it's like had no idea what was happening on the show and we didn't either and it was just a beautiful (laughs) combination also what people i don't know if people know so 
My friend Gabrielle, who's also a producer, was at Pineapple at the time. She's a huge Joe Firestone fan, too. So she came up with the game idea for that one, which was a really special game idea. And we were in the studio, like, just crying, laughing, but trying to be quiet so you couldn't hear us the entire... And it's, like, one of the only interviews where we were actually in the room for it. But it was it was so special. I just can't believe if your producers did any stocking at all, they'd know that I don't even eat yogurt anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I have moved on to grapes I like that. and crackers. Okay, sure. Grapes, right. Grapes are not ra- if you raisins wanted, specifically. I'm not even talking about raisins anymore. I'm talking about <laughs> juicy grapes, and that's what I will talk about. I told you this before I sent an email. <laughs> I'm sorry. The email was not passed out Who to received me. it? Probably Barry. It's usually her fault. Well, what the fuck is wrong with this whole podcast? I sent a whole email saying I don't want to talk about anything but juicy grapes, and it is like... Unreasonable. I'm on thin ice already. I can't believe it. I am so disgusted by the way this is run. I love her so much. Oh, incredible. Just, that that episode is only Juicy Grapes, in case anyone's trying to go back and give it another listen. You should. Honestly, you should. We did have almost every single person on The Good Place. From The Good Place on our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I think Ted Danson and Kristen Bell need to fucking learn a lesson. Yeah. And and take note of their co-stars. Because we've had William Jackson Harper. We've had Darcy Carden. We've had Manny Jacinto. And we've had Brandon Scott Jones, who became a character in the latest season. But we're so much more than just our guest complainers. Yeah. We're, we're our segments. We're, we're us. We're us. So I, I also want to just talk about some of those moments. Yeah, some of our favorite segs. Personally? Huge fan of Hot Guy March Madness. It's one of the smartest things you've ever done with your life. (laughs) How can you not be a fan of Hot Guy March Madness? Fun fact, Harry Styles has never won Hot Guy March Madness. That's how you know I'm not like pushing the scale one way or another. This is a scientific survey. It's a debate. It's discussion. It's democratic. We had esteemed thirster Nicole Perkins on. And one of the matchups that year was Penn Badgley versus Idris Elba. And who could cook a better meal? I feel like Penn would eat me out on the counter. <laughs> like, in, again, like while like the lasagna is baking or whatever. Like, I right. feel like he would just like, oh, let's, you know, we've got 30 minutes. Here you go. Yum, yum, yum. I mean, like, you don't you don't get that anywhere else except Thirst Aid Kit, which is a fantastic podcast you guys should all listen to. <laughs> uh, now I'm also just thinking about Penn Badgley versus Idris Elba, having just seen both Cats and season two of You. Wow. Yeah. What a week for you. And I, I have to say, I would agree that Idris Elba has has fallen <laughs> mightily. Um, we did our first ever musical yeah, I don't know if you know this, but we actually wrote and produced an entire musical. It's called Cats, <laughs> based on the Broadway play Cats. Based on the poems by T.S. Eliot. Um, no, we did a very musical episode. We had uh, guest Natalie Walker, who is like huge. She's huge. She was huge when we had her as a guest, but uh, she's even huger now. She actually went to the Cats premiere as Lin-Manuel Miranda's guest, and I believe it was Getty Images kept calling her his wife, and like <laughs> using his the wife's name, which like 
not his wife. Right, right. If you know anything, you know. (laughs) Yeah, he also, like, tweets and shares photos of his wife. Very clearly not her. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I do love that. But we we had a very musical episode where I wrote uh, original songs Mm -hmm. about some of the ailments in my life at the time, including this one. Set to some really amazing stock music. Yes. Hemorrhoids, it must be hemorrhoids. Oh, fuck, it's hemorrhoids. I got more hemorrhoids. Tiny red pieces of skin that grow all red around the rim of my butthole. Why do I always shit so hard? That's it. <laughs> Beautiful. People might not know uh, we were on a trip to L.A. We we wrote that in the Airbnb kitchen of that <laughs> beautiful L.A. I forgot. I forgot we wrote almost all of them in mm-hmm. uh, smoking in a Marilyn Monroe themed Airbnb. Yep. And of course, you can track basically my entire relationship with Harry Styles through Unhappy Hour history because I recounted the first ever encounter I had with Harry at Radio City Music Hall. It was, some would say, a fairy tale. That was like a couple of years ago at this point, maybe a year and a half. Look at how much your love has grown. Yeah. And then last week, I haven't even really talked about what happened. We got, tell us. We got engaged. Mazel tov. <laughs> well, I did, I did hint at in our, our last episode of 2019 that we were recording early because I was hosting an Instagram takeover of the Harry Styles HQ account on Instagram. What I didn't really know before I did it was how it was going to be introduced, and that was that they had Harry... On his Instagram, his personal Instagram account, introduce it via stories, his first ever Instagram stories. He didn't speak. (laughs) (laughs) He was on vocal rest. It started with him. If you didn't see it, it started with him doing a selfie video, not speaking, and then panning over to me being like, do you want me to talk for you? Yeah, we did it in one take because they told me we had 10 minutes and we had to get the heck out. (laughs) because it was before the show he was on vocal rest but yeah and it was Uh, beautiful his dressing room smelled amazing I want to find the diptyque candle that he had in there so I can (laughs) recreate that scent (laughs) Um, he was wearing pearls he's very committed to a pearl necklace look in the last few weeks and I I support it Uh, the funny thing was there were so many times during the week it was just like every turn he was right in front of me. <laughs> I just felt like I couldn't have come off as more of a stalker without actually trying. <laughs> it's like, I just want you to know I'm only here because someone told me to be here, <laughs> not because I'm following you. Except I didn't say that. So it just was me. <laughs> he doesn't actually know how you got into his dressing Being. room. <laughs> also, yeah, they had me go into his dressing room to do stuff beforehand. So one of the bits that they did, they they his whole team was very into this idea. And I was like, all right, I guess we're going for it. I'm putting on the outfit that he's wearing on the cover. It's a Gucci outfit. It's the pink like blouse and then the big pants and suspenders. He has two... Like, there's two outfits of it, and they altered one of them so that I could wear it. 
And I had to go to, we had like a pre-production meeting at the Late Late Show with James Corden because Harry was guest hosting. Right. So we met there on the day that he was guest hosting. So like everyone was there. We were like in the green room and they were like, we need a tailor to like take your measurements. And so I tried it on. First of all, it like fit. Yeah, it did. I mean, they had to like alter it a little bit, but like it fit. I mean- he is also wearing it in like a flowy way <laughs> and it was like skinny on me, <laughs> but also like it fit. <laughs> but they had a tailor come in and they were like, we'll leave the room. A tailor will like come in and take your measurements. And I was wearing like a shirt and pants, mm-hmm. but a tailor was like literally it was the moment where they were doing my inseam. So like the tailor's hand was up my crotch and that's that's the moment someone knocked on the door and opened it and it was Harry (laughs) (laughs) and I had it that was the first time I'd seen him that week and I was like "Uh, uh, (laughs) they're they're putting me in your clothes (laughs) and he was like they're what and I was like they're they're uh they're measuring me for you to put me in your clothes (laughs) anyway and then we hugged and the rest of the week was great so how far we've come, and you all have followed along, and I I would like to believe that this is still the early days of my burgeoning lo- lifelong relationship with Harry Styles. We will do this podcast until we have Harry Styles on. <laughs> and then, officially, we're done. We'll see. Even all of that stuff that you just told us about, even, you know, the years-long, beautiful documentation of your relationship with Harry Styles, to me is still second to this one moment <laughs> the from greatest all of unhappy hour most epic moment in all of unhappy hour if you're a recent listener you know that matt likes to smoke every once in a while but what you might not know is that he he didn't before no. he did not before and he had never gotten high before uh, a couple of years ago and i was the one who got him high for the first time not just in you know my parents basement not anywhere you'd normally get high for the first time. We went to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in California <laughs> yeah. and ate gummies and got royally stoned. Right. And we captured it all on tape. Yeah. The moment when I realize I am high for the first time ever is this. I do think I'm starting to actually feel high because I was texting on my phone and midway through... I realized I was texting someone I knew, but on someone else's phone. (laughs) And the fucked up thing is, it it is my phone. the beginning of another love story right and now my my mother fully blames you for turning me into like the biggest stoner that she's ever met in her mind in her mind you are not the biggest stoner (laughs) no i'm pretty mild compared to almost anybody in california (laughs) um but that moment still just rains for me. That whole episode, we had Ivana Lynch, who played Luna Lovegood on. You had a debate with Mark Snedeker from Entertainment Weekly about Harry Potter. It was it was a solid one. Yeah. You know what? I think maybe my uh, resolution, because I know we're going to get into resolutions about about Unhappy Hour, do, do a couple more themed episodes like that. Yeah. 
think it'd be fun. Also, more stoned episodes. More stoned episodes. That's easily done. <laughs> I mean, those were all incredibly great moments. We have a hundred episodes of just the most fun. And hopefully we'll have at least a hundred episodes more. So looking forward, Barry, what are your unhappy hour resolutions? One of my biggest resolutions is I'd love to do more live shows. It's awesome being able to like Instagram DM and tweet with our listeners, but we don't really get to meet them very much. That's probably the best part of live shows is like actually interacting with the people who are listening. So I would love to do like two live shows in 2020. Yeah. What about you? What's what's one of your resolutions for the show? Well, one thing I feel like I need to just get better at in general is uh actually having chasers that are, are good. <laughs> yeah, it being preparing. I think what you mean is preparing for this show better. Uh, as the show goes on, yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the half of our chasers every week are TV shows that we're watching, and I fucking watch reruns of The Office every week. So <laughs> watching different stuff, engaging with different stuff. I, I mean, I think a lot about just as a creative person, um, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a creative (laughs) noun. Um, I'm actually an artist. Clearly the fact that I say that uh, ironically (laughs) is part of the problem because I still think of myself as like a buffoon and not actually a creative person. But part of being a creative person is like feeding your creative self Mm -hmm. and not and not just creative junk food, but like, yeah, going out and like experiencing live shows, other people's live shows, listening to other podcasts, watching other TV shows, stuff that will inspire me. I'm not always good at being a big, um, yeah, having like a, a wide pop culture diet. So I'm trying to get better at that. And I think it'll make our show better. Basically Definitely. steal from more people. Amen. Even though I don't steal shit, except for occasional AP articles for Worst Things First. And someone, listen, nobody is more sick of the Twitter bit than I am of wishing happy holidays to Harry Styles only. Okay? Do you want? Do you think I want to do that every holiday? No. I bet I'm trapped in a circle of hell. <laughs> and someone today, because I tweeted that for New Year's, someone today was like, get a new shtick. All this guy does is steal other people's Harry Styles jokes. And I was like... Whoa, bitch. (laughs) I may be annoying as fuck. I may be as over this bit as you are, but I have never stolen shit. Okay? Except for probably like a pack of gum when I was a kid. Whoa. Yeah. Arrest me. Lock me up. Good. Lock Lock me up. up. (laughs) But I would never steal a joke about Harry Styles. Don't you dare. Another resolution for the show for me (laughs) is to get merch. I want merchandise. All I want to give people is a little pouch that they can put their phone and wallet in and they throw it in their little bag. And I want that pouch to say for all the things I love to hate. I love that. That's all I want to do. I want to give that to the people. We should also, people, our DMs and our mentions are always open on Happy Hour Pod on Twitter. They're always open if there's merch that you guys want. Also, if there are guests that you want in 2020, shoot for the stars. Big guests, uh, small ones, um, all sizes are welcome here. Let us know who you want. I also think paying more attention, just like personal resolutions, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's been so fun um, and rewarding to think back on the fact that we've done 100 episodes and that I've talked about so many things, like wanting to do things 
Like, it's weird to me that I talked about going to the gym for the first time on Unhappy Hour. Yeah. And now I'm a meathead. (laughs) That's all I do. All I I do is chomp protein and fucking lift, bro. So, yeah, make more promises and then um, try not to disappoint. And that's it for this week's Deep Dive, our first Deep Dive of 2020, the last of 100, but hopefully the first of many more. And next up, we have two very special guest complainers right after this commercial break. I got a fun fact for all my coffee lovers out there. Did you know that coffee is a fruit? And just like fruit, it tastes best and most delicious when it's picked ripe. You ever try eating an unripe avocado? No, because that's insane. That's essentially what you're getting when you buy coffee off the shelves, which is why I and thousands of other coffee lovers are checking out Atlas Coffee Club. They designed their coffee subscription to source coffees from over 50 countries around the world where they handpick the fruit, coffee bean by coffee bean, when it's perfectly ripe. I recently got coffee from Myanmar, which has notes of cherry cola and sweet, sweet brownie. It was fresh, delicious, and easy to make because I ordered mine ground. Get your first bag of coffee free, just pay shipping, by going to atlascoffeeclub.com unhappy. It takes about two minutes or less to sign up. And for two minutes and $4.95 in shipping, you're getting a whole bag of coffee, which is about what you'd pay for one cup of coffee at a shop. Get your free bag of coffee at atlascoffeeclub.com unhappy and start a tour of the world's best coffee. Our first guest complainer is Deborah Bellisai. She's a mother of two, a dog owner, a speakerphone aficionado, a certified homemaker, and as you'll hear almost immediately, a nose blower. Hello, are you blowing your nose? <laughs> I am. <laughs> oh my God. You know, that could be what people hate. <laughs> I was trying to hurry before you answered. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now we're going to keep that in. Everybody has to blow their nose sometimes. (laughs) Mine just happened to be right then. Honestly, my my thing that I hate that everybody else loves should be your phone etiquette and the amount of stuff that you do when I'm on the other end. Now, are we going to start telling personal things? <laughs> I think I probably have a lot of personal things about you that I can start telling. This is the place to do it. Do you want to continue with that? <laughs> I mean, you could if you have stuff right off the bat that you want to tell people about me. Well, I'll bite my tongue. Well, you know, I, I sent you this question even though you should have an answer since we've been asking it to people for the past two and a half years. But what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Well, I can think of something that I hate, but how do I know other people love it? Well, I guess you'll find out when people send you hate mail for what you're <laughs> about to say. <laughs> I hate stickers on, like, food. <laughs> or stickers on prescriptions. Uh-huh. And then I have to try to peel them off. Or if it's a gift and they put the sticker on the front of the package and then 
you're going to tear it off. And what does it do? It rips part of the label that's on their gift. And there's something about sharpening out the price tag that just is tacky. So you like you have to take it off. It's such a challenge. Exactly. I just stood up there and tried taking four labels off of prescription bottles. And <laughs> their, their thing about use peanut butter, it does not work. I've tried. I've tried that, too, where you put peanut butter on the sticky thing yeah. and it's supposed to take it off. Because it's like an oil. And then, yeah, everything just tastes like peanut butter. <laughs> All right. Well, we have your sticky thing. That's your answer. What was I like as a kid? Uh, well, you were a good kid. And you did good in school. And you were funny. I had teachers say that you made the class laugh. And I said, oh, gosh, is he the class clown? Yeah. And no, 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 he's he's okay. And I'm thinking, why did she tell me that? But <laughs> you were a homebody too. And which is kind of ironic that you're the one who has moved millions of miles away. Millions. <laughs> yeah, millions. it's not that many. <laughs> I believe it's 700 something miles. To me, it is. It is millions to your mother. I'm afraid to fly. I can't come out there to see ya. Unless somebody was to drug me and carry me onto the plane. <laughs> so to me, it's millions. Well, you just, Matt just spent a whole week at home. Was, uh, was there anything that really bugged you that he was doing? Yeah, picking on his mother all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, <laughs> you pretty much, I said, I'm not dumb, you know. How many times would I, would I say that while you were home this week? I'm not dumb. I don't know. I didn't think I did it that many times. Mostly, I don't know. I mean, we did bake like a thousand cookies together, so. 17. Well, yeah, 17 types. A little exaggeration like my millions of miles. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it was only 17. Is there anything I did as a kid that made you want to scream? <laughs> you mean I didn't scream? <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> all right, let's start listing them I off. Kind of I kind of thought I screamed all the time. <laughs> I, I would constantly be telling you to go outside to play. <laughs> and you'd go out for five minutes and then you'd come back in. Yeah, I guess my, my brother was the one who was more elicited more screams. Yes. I was the one where you were just trying to get to go out and socialize. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is, that this is true. Is that the dog playing with her toy in the background? You know when I get on the phone, she picks out the squeakiest toy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm on the phone, and she's got her Miss Piggy toy. That's <laughs> the loudest. There's a few things that we can ask uh, that we've talked about that you could verify if they're true or not. One is, did I wake up in a pool of my own blood? Yes. <laughs> can you elaborate on that story, please? <laughs> His eardrum ruptured. That was because of that? I thought it was like a bloody nose. No, your eardrum ruptured. Pool of blood all over your pillow. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't remember that. Yeah. You know, it's it's surprising that I'm still here because that's happened. And then he, in the middle of the night, comes down the stairs and he says, uh, Mom, I think I'm stopping breathing while I'm sleeping. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. 
giving a heart attack, uh, we discovered he had sleep apnea and he had to have his tonsils taken out then. Because the doctor said on a scale of 1 to 10, my tonsils were a 13. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. You've always had a big personality. Um, did you arrange my dead hamster so I would think it was alive? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I didn't want him to go to school thinking that his hamster had died and then it would ruin his day. So I turned the hamster around so that it looked like it moved and set it in there all nice because it was, I don't know what happened to it. It kind of like got obese overnight and couldn't get out of its little house. Yeah, it had like a tumor or something. Something. And. He came home and he went upstairs and he says, oh, by the way, mom, did you know that my hamster's dead? And I went, <laughs> I know, honey. He says, yeah, because it was dead this morning. I just didn't say anything. Oh. <laughs> After here, I'm trying to spare him. He already knew that it, the hamster was dead. I'm very perceptive about my when my hamster is alive or dead. <laughs> um. <laughs> My God, all we hear is Carly. I'm sorry. Do you want me to take it from her and put her in her, her crate? What do you think? Maybe it does. It does sound like there's a screaming child. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take care of screaming child. Oh, no, Carly, they don't like you playing with your toy. You poor thing. Okay. She's, she's done. What a perfect angel. Is there a, well the other the other big one is um I've joked about you claiming that the butter at I don't remember what restaurant but that it, the butter was too spicy and you had to send it back. <laughs> well, I didn't say I sent it back. I just asked for plain butter. It was it, it was spiced. It had <laughs> I don't know something in it. I did not care for it. Just give me plain old butter. I still don't know what spice was in the butter besides maybe brown sugar, which is not a spice. Um, is there anything that I've said about you that uh, you feel like you need to defend yourself? Oh, well, how long is this podcast going to go? <laughs> well, have at it. No, I, I can't. Oh, gosh, there were so many things that you've said about me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess maybe making fun of my hairdo when we were on the pontoon. That was the style back then, even though it was quite puffy. Oh, I think, yeah, I think I wrote about that in my book. Uh-huh. Yeah, you put the picture in your book. <laughs> uh-huh. Big old bouffant hairdo. Yeah. And you made fun of it. And I thought I looked good. I was, yeah, the 90s, I guess. We all we all thought different things back then. That's right. That was my favorite part about writing the book at the end of it was the lawyer. That they have a lawyer read it and then they say, is anybody in this going to sue you like your mother? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I probably it's not. Funny because before you wrote the book, what did I say? I said, you better not write about me because just because I'm your mother doesn't mean I can't sue you. <laughs> did I not say that to you? It's true, technically. I did. Mm -hmm. uh, technically, I did. And then I told him, too, that I thought I should have seen some of that money, seeing that pretty much more than half the book was about me <laughs> and making fun of me. But I, I And I didn't see anything, not even a dime. Wow. 
You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> what an Matt. ungrateful son I am. Just keeps it all to himself. And I guess lastly, you told me a story about something that happened at the eye doctor. I happened to sit down to, next to this young gentleman, and one word led to another. And I had pulled up a picture of Matthew with Harry Styles. <laughs> Obviously, just showing people. And as I showed him the picture, he leaned forward, his mouth dropped open, and he said, that's Matt Bellasai. <laughs> and I looked at him and said, that's my son. Oh. And he goes, no way. He says, I love him. I listened to his podcast. Oh, my gosh, he's so funny. And you know what? I could hear him right now. You know what's the worst about retina specialists? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> so he had it. He had it down to the science and knew exactly how Matthew says. I what? Well, let me tell you what's the worst. I just think it's ridiculous that I you start talking to a stranger in a waiting room and then my picture comes out at some point. If my son had a photo with Harry Styles, I'd be showing that to strangers all the time. Exactly. Thank you, Barry. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts about Harry Styles? Any negative, positive, if you'd accept him as your son-in-law? Oh, my gosh. Open arms. Come on, Harry. <laughs> I keep telling me if you to invite you over. We won't say a word. <laughs> All right. I think that's it. Wait a second. You don't want to talk about you hugging a tree and jumping backwards and breaking your arm? Or, <laughs> Sorry, or what? Dancing out dancing outside on the, the curbside and slipping and falling on the ground while you were trying to hold your short pants, your pant legs up <laughs> and uh, look like you were trying to do the Irish jig. You don't want to talk about them stories? I mean, we, we I could elaborate on those since... <laughs> do, do you want that, Barry? <laughs> I, think, I think leaving it to the imagination is almost as good. Yeah, we'll save that one for the next time. All righty, you guys. All right. <laughs> it was fun. Thank well, you. Talk to you later. Thanks. Love you. Bye. Nice talking to you, Barry. Love you too, honey. Bye. All right. Bye. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed meeting my mom and our dog, Carly, which, by the way, she spells K-A-R-L-E-E, which should be illegal. <laughs> I don't know why she spelled it like a, a, a Midwestern stripper. Aspirational name. Yeah. I, I, I wish her the best, Carly. I really do. Our second guest complainer today is a literal award-winning attorney. He's a chocolate chip cookie connoisseur and the world's biggest Bruce Springsteen fan. He's Unhappy Hour's most avid listener. And last and least importantly, he's Barry's dad, Leon Finkel. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> We're so excited to have you on. Yeah. So you know that we ask everybody, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Yeah, I've got a, cu I've got a couple. Fantastic. Great. And uh, I don't think any of them will be a surprise to Barry. So first <laughs> is reality TV. Oh, oh no. <laughs> We're just coming in strong with a whole genre of television. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you honestly that other than one season of Survivor, because I just wanted to see what it's all about, and I know that 
Survivor is not representative of every real, you know, uh, reality TV show, but I can tell you that I have not spent more than 15 minutes watching any other reality TV show in my life. I'm just going to fact check here really quick. We're not including game shows, correct? Because I recall you being a hardcore deal or no deal fan. That's not a reality show. (laughs) Okay, that's a game show. All right, all right. Those are different. Okay. But is everybody else in the family a fan? Like, I don't know. Barry, are you a, a I actually, reality? I don't watch. I, I have to credit my dad. Uh, he has great taste in television, and I watched a lot of stuff because of him and my mom. So I didn't really watch a ton of reality TV. I think my sister does more. So she's got, Rebecca's got like a guilty pleasure. She does some of the housewife shows. Yeah. Right, right. But no, we don't do American Idol. We don't do any, any of that stuff. I mean... None. <laughs> It's the golden age of television, man. I've only got so much time. And yeah. I can't watch all the great television out there already. I'd like to say that my family was the same, but I, having just spent the holidays at home, I can tell you that I don't think we watched a single scripted television show. <laughs> yes, I understand. And it's all around me. I mean, my, I have a partner who's, you know, just totally crazy about... Uh, bachelor and bachelorette and his whole family's into it and yeah no i get it okay so we have reality tv was one of them okay the next one is that this will just blow your mind i'm sure but uh twitter (laughs) (laughs) but i'm i'm if i'm not mistaken you're a pretty uh avid user of twitter no, no, I um, <laughs> All right. you know, I make, make it a point to heart uh, your uh, you know happy hour and berry and pineapple, but I'm more of a Facebook guy. But nobody's on Facebook anymore, so it makes it difficult. Right, and it's not for the reasons that you would probably think in terms of Twitter being, you know, all the negativity and the hate, although that would certainly be enough. Mm-hmm. It's because I just don't get it. <laughs> I mean, okay. I feel like I'm walking in on the middle of a conversation, which I don't know how it started or where it ended. And even when I can figure it out a little bit, it's like references that, I don't know, I have young daughters, young, relatively young. I have Barry okay, and her like older sister <laughs> and my son who, you know, I'd like to think they can keep me hip to a certain point, but not enough to catch like 90% of the references. So. Do you have any feelings about Baby Yoda? Well, I love Star Wars. Okay. I'm do you know what Disney Baby Yoda Plus. is? I do. I'm going to get okay. Disney Plus. Oh. I don't know if I'm going to watch the show or not. Okay. But no, I don't have any feelings about it. And I've only seen it referenced a few times, just Mm -hmm. enough to know what people are referring to. Okay. I mean, yeah. I'll also say, based on your description of of Twitter, I think that's like everybody's experience. Nobody really knows what's happening on Twitter. Everyone is confused all the time. So I feel like you have a grasp on it. it. (laughs) It's just a confusing place. Good to know. Yeah. Um, so we have a few uh, a few other questions. So I want your questions. I also just want to be able to tell you my Larry David moment today. Please, please. I have no place else to tell it. Nobody else to tell it to. You know, I've never been a guest complainer of any kind. Nobody wants to hear my complaints. You've been the host complainer my life. Yeah, no, but everybody argues with my complaints. Here, they're welcome and not judged. So you know, it's it's, it's a wonderful opportunity. So Starbucks, I um, have two raw sugars in my drink, mm-hmm. whatever drink it might be, 
And I always ask them to put in two raw sugars and to please stir it up. Because did you know that if you don't ask the barista to stir your drink, they just leave the sugar on the bottom? I did not know that. No. So it's true in most instances. So I said to the lady, could you please stir in two raw sugars? And when she hands me the cup, I asked, did you happen to stir it in? Because otherwise... I need to know that. I'm going to my car, and I don't have a stirrer in my car. And she said, no. And I said, well, why not? And she said, because the stirrers are over there. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, what's what's the point? What is the point of you putting in the sugar for me if you're not going to stir it up? I have to go through the act of taking it off, putting, stirring, putting it back on. And I just paid for a Starbucks coffee. Right. They should be, you should get a discount. <laughs> so, I mean, I just couldn't create a ruckus, but uh, I had to let my feelings be known. And, uh, and I would like to tell Larry David about this because I think it would be good for We'll get show. it to him. We'll, we'll get it to him. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole okay. Starbucks. So I feel better. There. Thank you. So one of our questions is, what is the worst thing that Barry has ever done to you, in your opinion? See, this is, I knew you were going to ask me some question. Like, I have nothing for you. I have nothing. You have to trash talk your daughter. I won't, I won't <laughs> no, hang up until not, you do. I, you don't understand, Matt. You know Barry. She's like the sweetest person ever. I have a number of complaints. <laughs> she was so easy growing up. The only thing she ever did, I had oh, no. only a couple rules in my house. And they were um, no unprotected sex. And this is not no when I was hold- a child. This is when I was a little older, just so everyone knows. <laughs> no holes in your body, except maybe piercings. you know a couple piercings in your ear, and no tattoos. And once you're done with college, you know, knock yourselves out. But Barry went away freshman year of college and got a couple tattoos and didn't exactly tell me about it and it turned <laughs> into something, right after. but it all worked out fine and actually opened up our relationship and it was, um, it was all, but that's, that was the rebellion. That's the rebellious Barry that your listeners should know. She was like the perfect kid, goes away to college and gets crazy by getting a couple of really kind of thoughtful Tattoos. Literally related to my Judaism was my first related tattoo, to and I, I mean, worked. How could I not be proud? And I worked at uh, as an usher at the football games to raise my own money to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, how do you really feel about uh, Barry's dog Putty? Barry, are you concerned? Uh, he wrote this question, not me. Oh, I was like, is the next question, how do I really feel about Alex? <laughs> oh, no. God. <laughs> I didn't even no, think I of that. No, I love Alex. I love Putty. What are you talking about? <laughs> and plus, you could never get me to say something bad about my gra- any of my grand dogs. It's not going to happen. Well, yeah. I think, um, I don't know how much of my playful disdain of Putty has made it into the actual show. But Barry knows that Putty and I have an, an adversarial relationship. It's so true. I was fishing for a. An yeah, ally. no, no. I'm gonna. You know what? I'm. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I should have known better. Um, 
And then finally, well, we know that you're a divorce attorney. You have also been very invested, and I, I've heard that you've asked Barry how my dating life has been going. So you, not only are you a divorce attorney, you've also been with um, my mom for 30-plus years. So you, you have a lot of right. knowledge <laughs> about about dating <laughs> and relationships. Not about dating. I know about, about relationships. marriage and divorce. Okay, well, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the end goal is divorce. <laughs> so <laughs> Right. I know. I should have, I, the question is going in the direction of do you have advice, but, um, you know, perhaps you'll be giving me advice that will lead to a divorce that <laughs> will I feel like I have to play me. this straight. No pun intended. <laughs> you know, you got to trust each other. That's the most important thing and you got to work at it. So that's like really straight, boring answer, but I, I don't have a better answer. I see the craziest things in my line of work. Every time I think I've seen everything in terms of what one person could do to another or their family, something else walks in the door. I've seen levels of craziness that are just beyond. So... uh, We want to know so much more about that, but I know you legally cannot talk about it. But, but, you know... How's it going, Matt? (laughs) Um... I mean, honestly, I went on a date this week that was really good. So we'll see. I'm sure that means I'll be melting down in like two weeks and you'll hear about it on the show. But until then. See, the dating world is fascinating to me because I've been out of it for 35. How many years is it? It's a lot. So when I hear when Rebecca was dating or when my sister now is divorced and she's dating, it's all very fascinating for me to hear. And it seems like you have such expectations that, you know, after one date, it's going to be like the best. And then inevitably you get blown off or (laughs) vice versa. And so it sounds rough, but so I think it's hard to have expectations and you just got to give it time. How's that for good advice? (laughs) And that's good. I will, I will remember that. Don't, don't fall in love on the first date, but but then that takes all the romance out of it. So I don't know. Too late. I don't have a clue. I'm so glad I don't have to worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Thank you guys. This is fantastic. (laughs) And if anybody wants to find me. (laughs) Oh yes. Yes. Where, where can people find you? Oh yes. It's a joke, if you will. You know, I just look. Well, you can just Google Leon Finkel. My web, uh, my website will come up. Mm-hmm. You can follow me on Twitter, but I don't ever post anything. So, <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, guys. Happy, Love happy you. Happy New Year to the Happy New Happy Year. Hour uh, listeners. Take care. All right, well, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easy, starting with the TV shows we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? So I finished Enlightened, which I, I, I really enjoyed. I'm glad that I watched it. And now I just started Fargo, uh, the TV show, not the movie. And I'm fully into it. I'm so excited. FX? Yeah, it's been on my list for a long time, but then I saw Jean Smart in Watchmen. She plays Lori Blake, mm-hmm. and she's, I've I've like never felt this way about an actress. I'm like, she's incredible, and she's in Fargo. So I'm very excited to get to that season. Um, so that those are the TV shows that I'm watching right now. What about you? Uh, I just finished season two of You. Uh, I haven't started it yet. <laughs> you, if you don't know, 
is a Netflix series starring Penn Badgley as this weird serial killer <laughs> romantic. <laughs> I, I mean, the whole point of the show is that his character is sort of the version of that person that you're afraid is on the other end of a dating app who it's like or, or whatever Facebook, like someone who becomes so obsessed with you and is able to learn everything about you because of what you post online and is able to like fabricate a love story with you. Um, but I remember you season one is just so ridiculous yeah. and so over the top and like soapy and you season two, it felt like it was so much better to me. And I don't know if it was just because I got used to the crazy <laughs> or if it was so much better, but I liked it a lot. I need to see it. Even though the character Joe is like insane. <laughs> I mean, yes, he fully is. Um, and the, just the weirdness of like his character is crazy. But then when anybody does anything like what he does, he acts like it's insane. <laughs> and it's just like... Men. Men, am I right? <laughs> also friend of the show, Ira Madison III. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's in it, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, he has like a 60-second cameo I mean, yeah. as a party goer, but it's Incredible. still so funny. Um, anyway, so you, season two, highly recommend. <laughs> I mean, recommend. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we have the same non-TV chaser this week. Oh, yeah. Cats! Cats! Cats the film. The 2019 film. Uh, Matt and I decided to bring in our new year on New Year's Day. January 1st. 2020. Stoned. As fuck. At Cats. Yeah. In the, the movie. In the very center seats, the very middle of the theater. Next to a child. Yeah. And uh, another couple who I'm pretty sure were there doing exactly what we were doing. <laughs> so it has been requested, our, our full review of Cats. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never been more baffled by a film in my life. No, I've never had that many physical reactions <laughs> to a film, I'd say. Full body shakes at some point. And by some point, I mean during Jennifer Hudson singing Memory, I, 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 I had a full body shake in a good way. Okay. If you are out of this world, as, like my mom probably, and have never seen or heard of Cats, Cats, originally a Broadway musical, um, it is uh, a bunch of humans dressed as very ridiculous looking cats mm-hmm. singing songs written by Andrew Lloyd Webber based on a bunch of poems by T.S. Eliot. The layers of fucked up (laughs) already that the original Cats was immense. Then you have the movie version where they, I just, I haven't seen a movie where every choice that was made was wrong. Every single one. I don't, I mean, there's a part of you that is like, all right, how good could Cats be? Considering how crazy the original production is. But- the original production is also, like, one of the most famous Broadway musicals of all time. It's one of the longest-running Broadway shows of right. all time. It also has no story. Absolutely none. No it's plot. It's just a bunch of cats singing songs about themselves. They're introducing themselves because they're going to be picked at the end of the night at the Jellicle Ball <laughs> to uh, die and be reincarnated into yeah. their dream cat life. As much as there is a plot to cats, the plot is that an old cat named Old Deuteronomy... <laughs> Picks the winner of the Jellicle Ball to send to the heavy side layer. AKA die. <laughs> yeah. I had never seen the musical Cats before. I my only familiarity with Cats was the song Memory. Which is 
one of the greatest songs of all time. Yeah, one of the greatest musical songs at the very least. And yeah, so I was very excited. Obviously, Jennifer Hudson, like that part was absolutely amazing. The other greatest part, Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen just <laughs> lapping up water out of a dish like a little cat. This is a, a sir. This is a knight. This man has been bladed by the Queen of England and Dame Judy Dench. And they made him do things in this movie that no human should ever do. Because he was a cat. And there is a reason that I will go on the record saying that Ian McKellen and to a uh, similar but lesser extent, Dame Judy Dench won this movie. I think they were the only ones who got the assignment right. Yes. <laughs> Which is that this show, and you turned to me and said this stone during Cats the <laughs> Musical. <laughs> during Cats the movie is that <laughs> it's unintelligible poetry that you're watching people perform and you don't know what's happening but you get the emotion of it and the only people that actually like did the song as as if you were performing like a poem about a cat is fucking Sir Ian McKellen and Dame Judy Dench. Amen. Exactly. It's not some, oh, fucking Taylor Swift singing a, a scene about making a bunch of cats high. No. Also, everything that you can possibly read about this movie is insane. Did you read the thing that, like, the whole scene about Taylor Swift coming down and, like, making all of the cats high on catnip was Taylor Swift's dad's idea. What? Because he, like, came to a meeting with her and was like, what a, what a, what if they all get high on catnip? And then Tom Hooper, the director, was like, great idea. And that's like a whole fucking scene in the That's movie. not how you're supposed to make a movie. I, like, I'm convinced that there is some type of, like, the producer's type uh, something happening here where they deliberately made the worst movie of all time. Because Cats was so bad. It was so bad. Their hands and feet, guys. If you go to see cats, just watch their feet the whole time. It is unnerving. It felt like, do you know when you're like having a nightmare and then you wake up, but you can't move your body because yeah. you're still like asleep? Mm -hmm. It felt like that the whole time. <laughs> like I wasn't seeing a movie as much as I was being dragged through an experience. <laughs> you know what? That I willingly signed up for. And will I see it again? Probably. Probably. Multiple times. Will I buy it on Blu-ray and DVD? Yeah. Absolutely. So I can have it immortalized? Do I think everybody involved in the making of this film should be locked in an attic? <laughs> yes. All true. Anyway, um, that being said, it is my chaser because it was the greatest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Same. And now I cannot stop singing Memory. And I will not stop singing Memory. No. It, it will be my karaoke song. It may usurp and I am telling you. Wow. Yeah. So now we know. And that's it for this, our 100th episode. Thank you for listening to this episode and all of our episodes. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us. But only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at FinkelBarryPie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. 
And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye. Touch me. It's so easy to leave me all alone with the memory of my days in the sun. My favorite thing I think about the Carly Ray Romano. <laughs> okay, first of all, she should absolutely change her name to Carly Ray Romano. <laughs> I would love to hear an album with Carly Ray Ray Romano.